Crosstalk PM, WIZM News Talk, 1410 AM and 92.3 FM. It's Dave. It's Rick. We're back. Aha. We told you this was coming. It's Thursday, baby. Hope you guys are having a great day so far. No rain, really, for the most part today. And it looks like we might be getting back to kind of good as the weekend approaches. Possibly highs in the 70s coming up next week. So, uh, that all said, welcome aboard the Better Hearing Center. Talking text line, 785-7914. Rick Solem. What's happening, man? How are you today? We should have had, like, homework if we're going to do the health care show today. We should have had people, like, watch, I think, Elysium was the movie. Elysium, yes. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> that been... I repeat, also a very good movie having to do with uh, health care. Well, that's not a health care uh-huh. one. Are you sure? Because I think that's going to be how you're going to have to be if you want to be able to pay for health care. back in time. No, you're going to have to be able to pay for health care. So you're going to have to live, die, repeat so you can afford to pay the doctor bills. Yeah. Um, yeah, we kind of got onto a, a little bit of a kick here on Tuesday, if you guys recall, and for those that weren't with us, uh, we were, and I'll paraphrase, talking about uh, this idea here, at least in the state of Wisconsin, there was an independent panel that sort of researched uh, the cost of medical insurance and said that an expansion of Medicaid would save insurance-buying people about 7 to 11%. Uh, we went from there to something libertarian guy was talking about to something we kind of circled onto ourselves, and that was the problem, at least as far as we can all see, with the healthcare system here in the United States, because there definitely is a problem uh, with healthcare in the United States. We, as a nation, spend more money per capita than any other developed country in the world on healthcare. We receive some of the worst benefits of a healthcare system that we're supposed to be propping up as the best in the world. Now, not to say that there aren't amazing doctors here, and probably the best doctors in the world reside in the United States, uh, but this is an accessible thing for all people. So, you know, what are the real problems? Is it the fact that the government is just too involved, like I think in many cases they are, in, in, in the formation of uh, policy and, and, and pricing, which keeps a lot of people at bay, especially with respect to pharmaceutical companies? Is it the problem with the pharmaceutical companies themselves, uh, or is it a combination of all things? And, Rick, I think, you know, for as much as we can do in, in about an hour, which radio time hour here on the Crosstalk PM is about 26 minutes, uh, for as much as we can do in that time, uh, I'd like to address the issue and get thoughts from our listeners. Again, the Better Hearing Center talking text line is 785-7914, and I've got the text line open. Rick, of course, is over there, uh, and he'll be manning the phones. Um, Rick, so do you have insurance right now? I don't. No. No. Okay. Lost um, it. Lost it, meaning what? Like there was some like miscommunication, and then I was like, oh, I don't have it, and then... I go to the state to ask the state, hey, can I get on the, oh, no, you don't get, you don't qualify for any of the subsidies anymore. And I'm like, okay, well, I can't afford $400 a month for insurance. Yeah, yeah. okay, well, good. So not good. I mean, I'm sorry to hear that. It's uh, good that you've gone through that experience because I think that is what is becoming more and more concerning to Americans today, more than ever, right, is the increasing cost of, of health insurance. And, and when we talked on Tuesday, for those that were with us and for those that weren't, we, we sort of got onto the, the subject of, the why. Why do you pay so much, right? And and really, you can tie this back to one thing. And, and it's really so simple, it's crazy. You tie it back to the FDA, right? So the formation of the FDA, which has a long, long history in this country, at least back to the early parts of the 1900s. The FDA right now is probably the most burdensome government body of all burdensome government bodies, at least when it comes to getting new technology to the general public. Uh, Jonas Salk, in 1952, published the vaccine for polio, published it in scientific journals. Jonas Salk had, during the trial runs for polio, tested many different people, got the consent of many people to test his potential vaccine. 
1952, when he published his results, the world was given the cure to polio. The world was given the cure to polio. If Jonas Salk in 1952 had to operate under the guidelines of the Food and Drug Administration of today, in 2019, it would cost him roughly $400 million in over 12 years, maybe 15 years, to get that drug approved. Now, this would be an incredibly difficult to do if you're Jonas Salk, because you would have an idea as an independent physician, a chemist, if you will, that says, I think that if, if we do this and this and this, I'm going to be able to come up with something. Now you have to go pitch it to a company like Merck or AstraZeneca or Pfizer. Good luck. That's what we really have to look at here, guys. The fact that the United States of America today is one of two countries in the world that allows for for-profit pharmaceutical companies to market directly to consumers. That's us and New Zealand. Why this is such a big problem, we'll get, we'll get into this. But CNN has an article here, and this I was able to find from January 24th of 2019, Rick, talking about big pharmaceutical companies spending record millions on lobbying amid pressures to lower drug prices in the United States. Now, in 2018, the largest pharmaceutical lobbying group in this country spent about $27.5 million. $27.5 million. The largest previous single-year sum spent in lobbying efforts for the big pharmaceutical, this lobby is called, by the way, the Pharmaceutical Research and Manufacturers of America. The largest amount they had previously spent in one calendar year was $25 million in 2009. And, of course, we know what happened in 2009. Rick, for uh, many of us that find this to be the downfall of his presidency, it's when Barack Obama decided, you know what? I'm going to put a gun to your head, and I'm going to launch the Affordable Care Act. You guys are going to pay for insurance whether you want to or not. And the pharmaceutical companies, uh, at least, you know, seemingly, didn't like the idea of what the Affordable Care Act might be because it might lower drug prices. Well, if you thought that was going to be a thing, think again, because that was all part of the plan. Now, the pharmaceutical companies here, Rick, as we have seen I was told this was Mitt Romney's plan to begin with. Oh, you're talking about the Massachusetts care. Yeah, well, yeah. Romney care. It was, in, 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 in essence. And I think in states specifically, things like that can work, right? I mean... Again, I don't know the details of the Romney care thing in, in, in Massachusetts, but yes, I've heard the same thing that Barack Obama had largely fashioned his policy platform off of. Because that's how you get Romney's. something passed is, you know, when, when you don't hold your whole party doesn't hold all of government. You, yes. You have to, like, actually go to the you know, negotiate yeah. a little bit. Oh, oh, oh. Although I feel like oh, yeah. when Trump started his presidency, he held both houses of the government did. and didn't pass anything except a bunch of tax breaks for well, it. Well, the tax reform was massive. I mean, don't overlook what um, a massive piece of legislative accomplishment that was for him. I don't think it's great for the American people. As a matter of fact, the Congressional Budget Office uh, says that, you know, we're all going to really take it in the shorts in, like, short order. I mean, and when I say all of us, some of us, of course, are going to be fine, right? I mean, nobody's you? wearing shorts today, though. I mean, Oh, yeah, no. Well, unfortunately, it sucks, doesn't it? It's 45 <laughs> degrees. I'm done. I really am. I want 75. I want sunny in 75. No, I think that, uh, you know, just real quick, you can't take away what Trump did accomplishing that tax thing. That was, a, that, that was a big to-do. People have been trying to do that for years. I don't think it was good, but it got done. Obama spent his political capital on the Affordable Care Act, okay? And that's the last time the big pharmaceutical companies thought, well, we better drop, you know, $25 million this year, 2018, $27.5. All of this is going to tie itself together in a couple of different ways because what I really believe is the driver here and, and ultimately is going to be, uh, the unfortunate solution, it, it's going to have to come from the top. And when I say the top, it's going to almost have to come from the government, right? So there's an old saying, and I remember hearing this when I was a kid. My stepmother worked for attorneys, and my father desperately hates attorneys, despises them, much like myself. 
um, for the most part. Sean O'Neill, O'Neill Law Firm, good dude. Like him, recommend him, trust him. But there was a saying that lawyers are the cause of, and therefore the only solution to many of the world's problems. In terms of health care, 2019 in the United States of America, the government might be the cause of the entire health care problem, but unfortunately the solution, the only solution to what has become a massive underachievement for a country that should, at least I believe this, dominate the world with respect to health care. We have all the brightest brains. We, we produce all the best technology. Okay, so how we do not have the best and most affordable health care, it, it, it almost seems criminal. Um, when you were here Tuesday, we talked about how we have 20 Democrats running for president. 21, each, actually. 21, yeah. and each of them is kind of, it looks like each of them is taking a position on one main thing. Like, what was it, Booker at Guns? And uh, Elizabeth Warren seemed to have, like, college debt. Yeah. And Bernie Sanders is doing Medicare for All, right? Yes. Like, universal health care. That's his platform. So I'm going to, as you're talking here, sprinkle in some Bernie Sanders, uh-oh, like, facts. Whether you want to call them facts or not, but like, and this is the first one. One out of every three GoFundMe pages are to pay for medical bills. I believe that's so, true. I I'll, just, I'll just keep going through Bernie's okay. uh, Facebook page. And, I want to know from his Facebook page? Yeah. Okay. You know, it's interesting. I think there's a lot. You know, Bernie Sanders was an interesting candidate. I mean, much too old, and he's done this year. Right? No chance. Like, literally less than no chance. Uh, but Bernie Sanders' platform, I think, actually spoke to a lot of people here in this area. I don't know that for sure because I lived out west, but I know it did there, too. Very, you know, in, in many ways, Nevada, very rural state. There's obviously Las Vegas as a city, but outside of that, you've got a lot of ranchers. Uh, when you start talking about, you know, economic inequality, um, access to certain kinds of, of things like health care, I, I do think that actually speaks to uh, farmers, to rural ranchers, things like that. So I love that he's still got something left in the tank. Now, whether or not he even gets a sniff at a nomination Remains to be seen, but uh, we'll, we'll pull more from Bernie Sanders there. Uh, it's Lacrosse Talk PM. It's Dave and Rick here with you guys today. The Better Hearing Center talking text line seven eight five seventy nine fourteen. We got to take a quick look at news. We'll come back. It's WYZM fourteen ten AM ninety two three FM. WYZM News Talk fourteen ten AM ninety two three FM. It's Lacrosse Talk PM with Dave and Rick, and it's Thursday. Hope you guys are having a great day. Good to be here with you. If you would like to join us in the program, even take us off topic, no problem. The Better Hearing Center talk and text line is seven eight five seventy nine fourteen. I'd like to recommend that you guys bookmark this website when you get a chance. WIZMnews.com. That is where you're going to find all the best local and national news that affects you. Rick, uh, real quick, before we get back, and this kind of actually ties right in uh, with our subject today, is why is health care broken in the United States? Well, I'm going to tell you. There's two things. One of them is government overreach, and a lot of this has to do with the pharmaceutical companies and why the Food and Drug Administration exists in the way that it does and what pharmaceutical companies do to pay into this whole particular scam. Uh, but that said... There's also a real, you know, human element to this whole healthcare thing. I mean, there's doctors, there's nurse practitioners, there's nurses, there's CNAs, many, many people who care uh, very, very much about their patients and want to see people uh, be better, want to get them well. And for those people, I mean, look, none of this has anything to do with you personally. So if you're working at the Gunderson or Mayo Health System and you're hearing this like, ah, Dave hates doctors, not at all. Look, I think that for what it's worth, it would be amazing if there was a real and true way that private industry, private insurance companies could could really come up with sensible and, and cost-efficient solutions for the masses here in the United States. I really do. That would be the best and most 
preferred way for me to see things happen. Unfortunately, at this point, and we kind of left off with this thought, the government, because it's made such a mess of the whole deal, might have to actually be the one to bail it out. Okay, So it started this problem, and, and maybe now it's got to kind of fix this problem. According to uh, WICMnews.com, and Rick, maybe you've got some more details here. It looks like Drew Valley uh, put this story up. The Mayo Health Systems are announcing a massive layoff. I don't know exactly how much, but it's going to be over 100 people, it looks like, um, because they have submitted something to the Wisconsin Department of Workforce Development. Um, so that means that it's over 100 people. I, because know, it was over 100 people that had to tell us. Right, so that's what I'm saying. So it looks like this is going to be a pretty big... Uh, layoff here. Uh, do you know anything more about this? Why this was happening now? Is it the the fact that there's going to be some sort of mergers going on? Because I've also heard well, that Gunderson is merging with uh, the Freighter uh, Medical College. Is that it? Um, I can't remember. It's kind of by Wausau. The I'll look it up. Okay. But also, uh, Republicans voted to kill Medicaid expansion today too. Okay, so they did that. All right. So we've got people getting laid off. Medicaid expansion getting voted no. I guess one good piece of medical news in Denver. I guess this is kind of confirmed. Uh, yeah, the uh, citizens of Denver have decided to uh, decriminalize psilocybin, which, for those uninitiated with that kind of stuff, is called magic mushrooms. Uh, actually, you know what's funny about that? Not necessarily funny. It, it, it's 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 pretty um it's pretty telling. Psilocybin, not just psilocybin, but other forms of of psychotropic drugs, if you will, LSD uh, too have been shown in many, many, many studies, and this is you know hard to get research for because it's still a class one, schedule one drug, uh, but in many, many studies to show great, great effects in dealing with and even curing uh, many forms of mental illness. So I think it's interesting here in Denver they've got that going. Um, but, yeah, this, this whole Mayo thing, I, I thought it was just interesting today because we're looking at you know, layoffs coming. Uh, we're talking about why the health care system is not really operating as it should, at least in my estimation here in the United States. Uh, it's It's statistically well below the other industrialized and, and, and first world countries, if you will, in the world. And there's a reason for that. It's the for-profit pharmaceutical uh, uh, culture here. I mean, that's that's the reason for this, in large part. Gunderson is merging with Marshfield Clinic. Marshfield Clinic, that's what it is. All right, so 785-7914, it is the uh, Better Hearing Center talk and text line. Getting a lot of messages here. The mail thing's crazy, right? Because like, mail's like the like com- giant hospital, right? Like that's that's number one. When you think of the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, that's where, like, all the pro athletes go when they have, you know, CPE issues and stuff. Isn't Mayo and lacrosse a, a, an offshoot of that? And I think so. Yeah. And now they're just, see you later, nurses, neonatal nurses, and, you know. So Gunderson's merging with the Marshfield yeah. Clinic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and they're merging, for, you know, for whatever reason, you know, probably probably a cost benefit there for them to merge with Marshfield. I'm not sure, but. Yeah, I don't know either. That's I, look. It, I think that what we're watching here, right, is is sort of the the beginnings of the unraveling of of a system that wasn't really built on a solid foundation. Okay, so when you have private insurance companies, what does an insurance company do? Right, they they collect revenues. They're they're also owned by stockholders. You don't make rate of return the way that insurance companies do by paying out benefits. Right, like that's not what your job is. Your job is not to pay claims. Your job is to deny claims. Okay, so when we think of insurance companies, like, oh, thank God, my insurance company. And I love my State Farm guys, and I, you know, I've been with them for 18 years. That's cool. But the job isn't to pay claims. It's to deny claims, right? So if you have a for-profit insurance system, which is different than health care, health care and insurance are two completely separate things. 
But when you have a for-profit insurance system that puts the rest of the health care system, the doctors, the nurses, the nurse practitioners, the administrators, uh, in such a tenuous position, it's not surprising to me uh, to see mergers, to see layoffs, to see, you know, uh, something that you and I and Libertarian Guy were kind of bantering back and forth here on Tuesday about, the fact that getting into medicine now is such like a, an arduous journey. I mean, the, the cost of being a doctor, and what did you say? Even nurse practitioners? Did you say you have a friend that's no, a... No, I have a friend that's a dentist, and okay. you know, anytime he's got like a, a Medicaid, or I'm not exactly sure, whatever, the you know, someone who's on government assistance, you know, and they have to go see the dentist, it's, he's losing money at this point when he has to take on somebody like that. But him and his wife are both, yeah, you're right, his wife is, an, I believe, a nurse practitioner. He's a dentist. They both are just starting... And they're both starting $2 million in the hole. Yeah. And are they going to have to get, I think we were talking about this as well, they're going to have to get, um, you know, an errors and omissions insurance policy, or what do they call it? You know, basically you have to get a a big-time overreaching insurance policy in case you do something that would seriously injure somebody. And and look, that's a a separate sort of a, a situation. But really it all ratchets back to the fact that the cost for medical services is so high, largely in part because we have this for-profit insurance kind of uh, culture. Now, if you were just tuning in right now here to Lacrosse Talk PM, you might not have heard, but uh, big pharmaceutical companies, and this is according to CNN from January 24th of 2019, uh, the lobbying group, the largest lobbying group in the United States for big pharmaceutical companies, and this includes uh, the companies like Pfizer and Amgen, Biotechnology Innovation, um, uh, I think it's AstraZeneca as well, too. So all the big players here, they spent $27.5 million lobbying to members of our government to keep prices high. When what we know, and even President Trump has mentioned this as part of his platform, I don't know where he's gone, if anywhere with it, uh, that prescription drug prices have to come down. You read me some incredible stat. Both my son and you um, are, are per- prescribed to use the EpiPen, right? So that's that thing that if you get an allergic reaction, you kind of give yourself a shot, you get all better. In 2000, and what was that for? It was 57 bucks for an EpiPen. Uh, do you have that stat right there? Yeah. In 2007, an EpiPen cost $57. Okay. And today, it costs $650. And drug companies pay $30 to make it. Right, right. Okay, so it costs $30 to make. So basically what we're looking at here, I mean, this is highway robbery, guys. I mean, this is highway robbery. Now, think about this again. How did a company that produces this EpiPen, how did they get the cojones to charge this price? Well, it's very simple. In order to get your drug approved through the Food and Drug Administration, you've got to spend about $400 million and wait 12 years, 12 years to get approval. Things that go faster than 12 years are like unheard of kinds of drugs, right? Like, whoa, this is amazing. So when you consider that, it's not hard to extrapolate forward and see like, okay, no wonder you can charge 600 bucks. The government's going to let you charge 600 bucks because they, they, they already took you for 400 million. It's a very, it's a very, very, very interestingly bad way that we have set this thing up. Um, I've got to take a phone call here because I know we're kind of up against it. Rick, who's online? Uh, we're talking about Trump's tax cuts here. Oh, okay. Welcome aboard. Uh, Rick forgot who you are. <laughs> Jim or Tim or... That's okay. I forget who I am sometimes, too. But uh, about the tax cuts, yeah. the where you, you failed to mention, you mentioned the CBO. They always rate them statically. They don't allow for any of the good things that happen, like people getting jobs, 
if you actually go and look at the money coming into the Treasury, there's more now than there was before. Okay, and that's fair. I, I don't know that I can disagree with you that on that point. Um, what I have read, and this isn't just from the CBO, this is from basically every independent agency, even my own account. From two years ago. No, from what I've read now, because the actual tax cut is in effect, and I've had to speak with my accountant about how this is going to affect me. From what I have read, uh, and again, I'm no CPA, so I can't speak with that ultimate authority, but from what I have ga- gained from my research, by 2020, most of these quote-unquote tax cuts for the quote-unquote lower-income people, they all sunset. That stuff's over with. And then it rolls into a pretty top-heavy tax break that really only affects those in the upper-income bracket. So that's really when you... In other words, the people who are paying the most. Yeah, you're okay. Paying the most per dollar, but not paying the most percentage-wise. That has always been the stupidest argument. Paying the most per dollar is one thing, but percentage is where this really comes from, and that's where it breaks down, right? So percentage-wise, the lower-income people pay more percentage of their dollars in taxes, and that's on everything, excise as well as income taxes, but the ones at the top do pay more per dollar. That is always the thing, and I don't think there's any way to get around that because it's just more. It's, you know, simple arithmetic. Uh, listen, it's 33 after. It's 533 here. we got to step aside. Take a real quick pause for the cause and some news. Uh, if you want to get back into the conversation, the Better Hearing Center talk and text line still open, 785-7914. It's Lacrosse Talk PM with Dave and Rick. Stick around. Lacrosse Talk PM, WYZM, News Talk, 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. Dave Carney, Rick Solom in the house. Hey, coming up tomorrow, 6 to 9 AM. Yeah, I'm plugging. Back on air, WKTY 96.7 FM. It's mornings with Dave and Strady. And uh, we're going to be looking ahead to uh, some great matchups in the NBA playoffs. we got some new stuff coming up in the NHL. And the Brewers and Cubbies start a series in Chicago tomorrow. So that should be interesting stuff. Don't forget, WI, WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM from 6 to 9 every single morning. Me and Matthew P. Strady. Um, all right, so welcoming back our listeners who have decided they have not... Uh, not turned their uh, radio off out of complete disgust yet. The Better Hearing Center talking text line 785 In 2018, the top 62 healthcare CEOs, so 62 yeah. healthcare CEOs, uh-huh. made $1.1 billion in compensation. That's a lot of money, man. So, like, 62 uh, people, billion bucks. Milton Johnson with yeah. HCA Healthcare made $109 million in 2018. That's so a lot. One year. That's a lot. Yeah, we're talking about, uh, if you're just tuning in to WYZM right now, we're talking about the health care uh, in the country. We kind of got onto this subject on Tuesday when I was in-house because the, I hate to say just Republicans, I'm sure there's Democrats that voted against this as well, but the um, expansion of Medicaid was, was struck down today, I think. Uh, and we were kind of looking at this because there was an independent research firm that said if Medicaid expanded, it would actually lower the cost of insurance by about 7 to 11%. And then we started down the road of, hey, what's wrong with the healthcare system? And I'm like, ah, it's mostly the pharmaceutical companies. And then we sort of stopped. Um, and that's where we're picking up today. So if you've got thoughts, if you've got some opinions, if you just want to tell me I'm crazy that, you know, Donald Trump's tax plan really is the best thing, and I don't know why we're talking about health, 785-7914. Why is State Farm Insurance, like you have State Farm I'm State Farm for my home and my auto and, like, yeah. And the bigger the insurance company, right? Like, they, they, oh, we have more people. Our pool, our kitty of money uh-huh. is bigger. Yeah. Therefore, we can lower rates No, 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 no. You don't lower rates. How do you lower rates when you're trying to pay off your... Well, no, they, they're not literally, but their rates are going to be lower than, say, small market, small smaller insurance company over here, like Bill and 
Ted, the well, you you know, Hoka, that are the that can't join an insurance company there. You have to get underwritten from a big insurance company, right? Because they have, have a giant pool right. of money, right. they can they can yeah. afford to make some mistakes. And you mean pay claims? Like yeah. so, if somebody yeah, no, that's not paying claims, and, and so that is not the idea of business. So if you like, look. The, the only goal for a business, especially like, let's say, a publicly traded company, right, they're not beholden to their, their customers. They're beholden to their shareholders, right? So their shareholders are the ones that are like, nah, you're, you're going to keep this going, and you're going to keep it going and going and going and going. Now, I, I tie this back in large part, and there's a fantastic book. If, if you're even mildly interested in freedom as a concept and what this particular country does uh, to set you up for freedom, at least in principle, I would recommend a book. It's uh, his, the, the author's name Peter McWilliams. It's called Ain't Nobody's Business If You Do. Uh, and, and one of the chapters in this book, it, a, a part of the book, if you will, uh, it talks in, in, in some broad strokes about the FDA, the formation of the FDA, and how it was originally a very good idea, but how over the years uh, it has turned into, much like John Steinbeck's book, The Grapes of Wrath, this monster that continues to eat itself on itself, feed itself, upon itself, and, and know nothing else but growth, okay? And that's what is happening with the American pharmaceutical companies in large part because of what the FDA has put in place as a structured payment system, largely 400 million bucks and like 12 years to get a single drug approved. Well, that's going to make everything expensive. Everything is going to be expensive. If Bayer hadn't come up with aspirin back in like 1898, the German company Bayer, had they not done that... Owned by Monsanto. Now it's owned by Monsanto. Right, right, right. But if they hadn't done that back then, you wouldn't be able to get aspirin. It would take too long and cost too much money. Um, I do want to read this text real quick here because we're talking about what the problems are in the American healthcare system. Josh used the uh, Better Hearing Center text line at 785-7914. He says, uh, we're also one of the only countries where a normal healthy person, on average, will eat themselves into disease. That's a very, very, very real problem. And that's, again, why health care and health insurance are two completely different things. And I started a conversation here on the text line as well uh, with, with another individual, and I think it's an unnamed texter that was asking about things like MediShare and Liberty uh, Health Share. Those are known to be Christian health share ministries, which is a way in which people themselves pool together and pay for their own health Needs. Right. And if the more people they have, they have lower rates. And there was a way. Now, if you're overweight, they're going to tax you a little more. If you're a smoker, they might not take you. They won't pay for certain kinds of treatments. Well, but I just think like, when you that. talk about that, the more people they have, the better, the better able they are to care for everybody because they're... Pool yes. of money is bigger. Yes. What if we took all the money of all the people and put it into one pool? Nah. Because we argue a lot about I can't cross state lines to get health insurance because they're right. Like, that's a weird. That's that a up. weird thing. Yeah. But why not just eliminate health insurances because mm-hmm. I don't need to pay their CEOs? What was it? One point one billion dollars in yep. two thousand eighteen mm-hmm. alone. Mm-hmm. Take that one point one billion in profit and just put it into the kitty of everybody in America, and then we just take from that, and everyone is covered. Like that universal thing. Whoops. Um, Wow. Hey, how many countries did you see on that list are actually offering like a universal health care coverage right now? 2019. Oh, boy. 22. I mean, there's 32 on this list that have universal health care, and U.S. does not. And and many of those are going to, I'm going to assume, include the names like Canada, the United Kingdom, 
Australia, Austria, Switzerland, the Netherlands, places like that, right? Yeah. Uh, guess what? All those countries are way above the United States when it comes to infant mortality rate. The United States lags behind every single other major industrialized country in the world with respect to infant mortalities. As a matter of fact, 6.1 infant mortalities and 1,000 births, according to the 2010 study. Cyprus is on this list, too. Oh, Cyprus. Awesome. No, I mean, like, literally. Portugal, Singapore, Slovenia, South Korea, Spain. Right. I mean, it's just, there's, there's sort of giant right. countries, and then there's just, like, you, some you weird can, little ones. completely made my point for me. All right, so let's take a call. We've only got That's a little fair. time. Eric, thanks for being here. How are you, man? Yeah, I'm okay. I just couldn't worry about this uh, health care conundrum and medical drug conundrum mm-hmm. we're in. The question is, do you have to answer this? You're talking about all these European countries where they have every half of everything you make is in the government. Mm-hmm. They have health care, and then it's questionable. Possibly, I don't know. But the big number one question is, do we want to be a capitalist society, or do we want to be a socialist sure. society? Right. Well, listen, Eric, and I that, mean... That is the question. Okay, well, Eric, and I appreciate the call and the fire. Here's the thing, and we, we, we had this conversation, all of us collectively, a couple of weeks back. We are a socialist country. What do you think your federal income tax goes for? The disastrous federal income tax, which I find to be damn near illegal. What do you think that goes for, Eric? When you pay into your federal income taxes because you have no choice, you're a socialist now, man. And people don't want to think about that. But your federal income taxes go to pay for this. All the entitlements plus the military. All of the entitlements plus the military. What are entitlements? Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, all that stuff. So federal income taxing, the Social Security benefit in and of itself, is a socialist program. We are a quasi-socialist nation and have been for quite some time. And are quite we some time. outside that loop doing stuff like that to for Foxconn? So to yes, speak? Like, absolutely. You know. That's a very socialist endeavor. So is, unfortunately, fixing prices for commodities, like for farmers and stuff, which we know is very important around here. Uh, listen, we're up against it. We've got to take our, our last break before we're out of here. We'll be back with a couple of minutes. It's Lacrosse Talk PM here on WYZM, News Talk 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. All right, here we go. Lacrosse Talk PM, WYZM, News Talk 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. Dave and Rick here with you, and uh, we're wrapping up shop here pretty quick. We've got a ton of messages. Uh, you guys have been awesome today. 785-7914 on the Better Hearing Center uh, talk and text line. Greg just said, socialism is when the government owns the means of production. Thank God we're not there yet, but vote for Crazy Bernie. I love these nicknames we're getting today. It's awesome. It's like we're 10 again, and we can all enjoy it, right? we got these nicknames for everybody. Crazy Bernie and Crooked this. It's just so fun. So adult. Anyways, it says Crazy Bernie, you'll get there. Okay, look, so first of all, that's not true. Socialism in the Communist Manifesto, which Karl Marx and Richard Engel basically produced, they published at 1840-something, right? So it talks about what communism is. They call socialism an imperfect but necessary step on the road to communism. Now, in socialist countries, uh, it is not true that the government owns the means of production. Look at Canada, look at Sweden, look at Switzerland, and, and listen here, guys. Just open up your own two eyes and, and look at ourselves. This is a socialized country in many respects. It's got capitalist maneuvers in it, yes. But if you're going to tell me that capitalism is, is laissez-faire capitalism, meaning I have something that I would like to sell, you have uh, uh, want to buy my good, and we can purchase and exchange these, that's not true. The government picks and chooses winners and losers all the time. Rick just talked about Foxconn. 
You can ask about Home Depot or Amazon. It, 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 look, on a very basic level, yes, we still have a capitalist doctrine as, as far as this country goes, but we are very much in line with many of the other socialized countries. And I'm not saying that's a great thing. I'm just telling you what it is. Believe it or not, it doesn't matter. Your believing something doesn't make it true or untrue. Now, unfortunately, we live in this current world, Rick, now where it's like my feelings make actual things apparently true or not true. Like if I feel something, then it must actually be true regardless of facts and statistics and, oh, my own two eyes. So in, in often cases, I think we go to our feelings. Well, heaven forbid that we cherry pick the best things of all the isms, right? Like can't we just be like, that worked over there, we're going to use that. This is working over here, let's use that. Like, oh, man, we, we, have, we have smart people that probably could figure that out. That's why I think with universal health care, you could, you could make it as deep as you wanted. Like, hey, we're going to give everyone free gym memberships as long as they hit a certain, you know, number of times they go or, or get their heart rate up or just, like, you could, you could really nitpick at it. That's how health share programs work. So when I was involved in Las Vegas with a company, Liberty Health Share, and I know there's a company, MediShare, out here, and Liberty Health Share is everywhere, that was a lot of what it was. Now, my co-host at the time was a bit rotund, and um, they told him, like, listen, uh, your ex... Your weight right here, your X number percentage over your BMI, uh, you're going to have to pay another $80 a month. When you get down to this level and you're within the healthy BMI level, we're going to drop your prices down, right? It would be great if we got rid of BMI, too, by the way. Well, that's not a thing. That's, that's just going to keep on going because, like we heard from uh, Josh here, it was, you know, it's, just, it's, it's striking that we're one of these countries that has the most terrible health problem, which BMI, is o- obesity. BMI, body mass index. Body mass index. So the point is, yes, 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 and you're right. If there were a way sensibly to collect and pool things, even in a – system that did not rely upon the government, right? Because I don't think the government is the necessary, it shouldn't be the, the proper form for getting your health care. But unfortunately, because what the government has done in large part with the FDA and therefore with these pharmaceutical companies, it may be the only way to get sensible coverage for many people because of our system being so inherently broken. Now think about this, and this is from the CNN article from January 24th of this year. In 2016, an individual with type 1 diabetes, Rick, spent on average $5,705 per person on insulin. In 2012, we're four years ago before this 2016 number. In 2012, that number was $2,841. That's nearly a 50% increase in four years. Okay, so the the problem that we've got here and the, the way that this thing is so horribly screwed is that the government has created a nanny state with respect to the pharmaceutical companies. And like Dr. Benjamin Rush, a signer of the Declaration of Independence, wrote, unless, and this is his quote directly, unless we put medical freedom in the Constitution, the time will come when medicine will organize itself into an undercover dictatorship. And unfortunately, that's kind of where we're at. You've got the government on one side that is forcing companies to spend hundreds of millions of dollars and decades of research to get a drug passed when you might have a viable, suitable, usable solution to something right now. Who knows? Maybe there's the cure for AIDS, and we just can't get it because the FDA won't have it. We just don't know. Well, and the lawyers come into play here, too, right? Because you're going to kill somebody with your drug, and then you're sure. going to shoot up the wazoo. Well, and again, that's fine. Get the consent of the people involved in the particular study, and if they die, well, that's on your head. The blood's on your hands. 
All right, so we got about a, a minute. I want you to read through some stuff here because this, this has been all over the place, and this is a big discussion, and I don't think this is a discussion that will end today. I don't know how many more uh, opportunities I'm going to have to talk to you guys here on the Crosstalk PM, but uh, perhaps we get back in. So you had a couple of interesting well, pieces in back to We talked about Crazy Bernie, and if you're into, you know, trying to solve the health care issue. Bernie tweeted, under Medicare for All, Americans will no longer have to worry about networks, premiums, deductibles, co-pays, surprise bills, losing coverage. We are, all, we are going to end the greed of insurance companies and put patients first. And then somebody replied to that tweet, even if you think Medicare for All will cost more, it probably won't. And even if you think Medicare for All will be very disruptive, it probably will. Would it not be worth it just to never have to think about insurance ever again? Like, oh, am I covered in network? Can I go to this doctor? Can I go to that doctor? You know, like you just can go to the doctor that you want to go to. Yeah, that would be interesting. What a relief that would be for so many people. I don't know. This is obviously a, a, a bit higher on the pay scale than radio guys are suitable to uh, necessarily attack, but I think we've had a fun show. Uh, thanks to everybody for participating, and uh, I'll see you next Tuesday here on the Crosstalk PM, WYZM, 1410 AM, 92.3 FM.